Hello and welcome to the Activate Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and it's my hope that this podcast will help to activate our faith as we explore the Bible together, and that it will help activate our very lives as we put into practice what we hear and know and read in the Word of God. Let's start by praying, and then we'll get right into what the Lord has for us today. God, I thank you so much that you're here with us, and your desire is that, God, we would know you, that we would know your wisdom, that we would know your thoughts, that we would know your love, that we would know your patience, that we would know your faithfulness. God, I pray that through this time together that we would know you more, that we would know you better, that, God, we would uh, continue to transform ourselves by the power of your Spirit to be more like you. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Let it implant itself in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we're going to talk about how sometimes we feel like we are completely alone. And we're going to look at a few examples from the Old Testament and the New Testament about people who were serving God and yet felt like they were the only ones left. They felt like they were the only ones doing what was right, the only ones left serving the Lord. And I think we've all faced times in our lives where we have felt alone in serving the Lord. So let's take a look first in the book of First Kings. We're going to look at the at two people. We're going to look at Obadiah and Elijah. In the time period that Obadiah and Elijah served the Lord, the king of Israel's name was Ahab. And Ahab was literally the evilest king to ever be a king of Israel. So we're looking at very, very dark days. It says in 1 Kings 17, Ahab, son of Omri, did evil in the eyes of the Lord more so than any of those before him. And it also said he did more to arouse the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, than did all the kings of Israel before him. Later on, it says that his wife Jezreel had the prophets of Baal, the priests of Baal, eating at their table every day. They dined with them. So it wasn't just an idea that they worshiped Baal. They were immersed in the culture of worshiping other gods. And they were so evil that they were the worst ever the worst ever. And so Obadiah served King Ahab. And Obadiah was, the Bible says, dedicated to the Lord. He was a dedicated servant of the Lord. Imagine yourself being a dedicated servant of the Lord and serving the most evil king of all Israel's history. Those are dark days. Those are times where you might feel like you are absolutely alone, that you are serving and yet no one else around you shares your same principles, shares your same principles, allegiance to God, imagine how Obadiah felt, how Obadiah was uh, alone in serving the Lord. Obadiah has an interesting encounter with Elijah. Elijah was a prophet for the Lord, and he had prayed earnestly, and God had allowed a drought to happen. So there was no rain for three years. And we're right there at that three-year point where there has been no rain. And Obadiah and evil king Ahab are out walking, looking for water. And Obadiah goes one way, and evil king Ahab goes the other way. Well, Obadiah is out looking for water in his direction. He encounters Elijah, and as soon as he sees him, he says, Elijah, is it really you, my lord? And he bows before him in reverence because he knows that Elijah is a servant of the Lord. And Elijah says, you have to go back to Ahab and tell him, that I'm here. Tell him that Elijah's here to speak to him. And in this moment, Obadiah is afraid for his very life. Not only has he served this evil king for many years and stayed dedicated to the Lord in the midst of it, now Elijah is asking him to risk his own life, to risk his own life and say, I met with 
a prophet of God, and I didn't kill him. I met with a prophet of God, and I didn't drag him back so you could kill him. And so he says to Elijah, Obadiah says, Elijah, is this really how I'm going to die? Is this really how I'm going to go out? After serving the Lord for so long, I'm going to die here. And Elijah says, don't be afraid. Go back. Obadiah says, don't you remember who I am? I'm the one who when Jezebel, evil King Ahab's wife, was killing all the prophets, I hid the prophets in the caves. I had 50 prophets in one cave and 50 in another. I have not only served the Lord in my heart, but I've served the Lord through my actions. And Elijah says, don't be afraid. Go back and tell him, and you're surely going to live. So in that moment, that walk back to find King Ahab, I am convinced that Obadiah felt very alone. He is in the darkest days, serving the darkest king, and now asked to risk his very life for the Lord and for Elijah. And he does it, and sure enough, he lives. Elijah also, uh, after this, sets up a competition between Baal and God, the God of Israel. And he calls all the children of Israel together, and he says to them, Elijah says to them, if Baal is God, serve him. But if God is the God of Israel, serve him. Which side are you standing on? Who are you going to serve? And a very, very sad line in scripture says, it says this, the people said nothing. The people said nothing. They wouldn't choose Baal or God. And so here's Elijah standing all alone saying, stand for God, and nobody's standing with him for God. He is alone in that moment. Well, uh, he listens to what the Lord is telling him to do, and after this showdown with the prophets of Baal, God wins, and Elijah goes up on a mountain, prays for rain. Rain is coming. Elijah runs away from that area, and it's very interesting. He says to the Lord at that time, after the Lord has shown this mighty miracle, Elijah says, I think I'm the only one left. There's no one here. I'm all alone. And the Lord answers him, and the Lord says, You're not alone. There are 7,000 other people who have never bowed their knee to the Baals, to the false gods. And that's in 1 Kings 19, and God reassures him, You are not alone. But it's amazing how after seeing God do such a miracle, he felt so alone. He felt like he was the only one left. Another example we have in the Bible of uh, a man of God feeling alone is in Acts chapter 18, and this is uh, in reference to Paul. Now, Paul's preaching uh, all over the place, and here he is in the city of Corinth, and he comes into Corinth, and it says that the people were abusive to him. They were trying to drive him out of the town. Now, here's a man who's standing for God in a way that most of the other apostles were not standing for God. He was preaching to Gentiles, people who were not Jewish. And so he was pioneering this whole new idea that the Gentiles could could be saved, that non-Jewish people could come into the kingdom of heaven. So here he was by himself. Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia and, and helped Paul, but Paul is, in a sense, blazing his own trail. And the Lord speaks to him one night, and we're in Acts 18, verse 9. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul didn't know those people or see those people, but the Lord reassured him there's so much more going on than you can tell from your natural eyes. In God's view, he can see the people that are serving the Lord. I want to bring this back around to how we feel 
in serving the Lord, how sometimes we feel like we are absolutely alone. And a trick of the enemy in our lives is to convince us that that is true, that we are alone. And what God wants to remind us of is that we are never alone, that He has never left us, and He will never forsake us. Never, never. No matter what we see in our natural eyes, in God's supernatural vision of the world, He can see more than we can see, and He can reassure us that there's more than we see that's going on. There's three things about being alone. Sometimes we feel that no one's been here before, right where I'm at. I'm the only one who has ever gone through this. The second thing we can feel is that God is not able to fix my situation. We start to feel that God has limited power. And the third is that because of my bad situation, I can't honor God. Because this is too hard or too much, I can't honor God. So I want to talk about the first one before. When we feel like nobody has ever been through what we're going through before, what we tend to do is we throw a pity party for ourselves. We think we're the only one. And this is so unfair. We start turning our attention onto ourselves. So we throw a pity party. We focus on ourselves. And what we do is we open a little wedge for Satan to get in and say, God doesn't really love you. God doesn't really care. He doesn't see you. You're separated from the rest of the community. You're separated from God. You're separated from people. And it's a, a door for Satan to come in and to begin to destroy, destroy your mind and your life. We have to know that there is nothing new under the sun. Someone has been where we've been before. And the Bible is great at giving us accounts of people who had uh, bad marriages, loss of babies, who have had incest, who have had affairs, who have had uh, rape, have bad situations. Most all things that we can think of are accounted for in the Bible. And we can see examples of people who have victoriously walked through those situations in those areas. I remember myself as a uh, pregnant, unmarried woman who got kicked out of Bible college, thinking that there literally could not have been anyone like me, that I thought I was completely alone. I felt like Obadiah, um, there's no one else, it's just me. And I felt like uh, Elijah, I'm all alone here. I felt like Paul, I'm all alone. And the Lord over the years has showed me hundreds of people who walked through the same valley that I had walked through, who had walked through the same hurts, who had walked through the same situation, hundreds of people. But in those moments, I felt like I was absolutely alone. I was throwing a pity party for myself. I thought I was the only one ever in all of history to have gone through what I was going through. I was focused on my problem and on myself, and it does create a wedge for Satan to get in and to separate you from the Lord. So we have to realize that someone has been every single place that we've been. If you think over all of human history, there's been somebody who has sat in the same situation you have. We're not showing God any new situations. He's seen them all. He's seen it all. Ecclesiastes tells us there is nothing new under the sun. The Word of God also speaks that there's no sin that's not common to man. And so in any sin situation you find yourself in, any desperate situation you find yourself in, whether it's addiction, whether it's um, whatever it is, the Lord's seen it before. This is not new to Him. This isn't ground that He hasn't covered before. And if He made you and formed you in your mother's womb, He foresaw your future. He saw what you were going to walk through. And He promises that He will never leave us and never forsake us. And so when we, f we feel alone, we have to remember that God's seen this before, that this isn't new 
or too difficult for him. The second thing when we feel alone is that we feel like God's power is limited. We have to know. We have to have an anchor for our soul, which is called hope. We have to have hope in the, the true fact that God has limitless power. There is nothing that God can't do. There's literally no heart he can't change, thing he can't uh, turn around. The impossible situation in our life can be solved through the work of the Holy Spirit. There's always hope. When we think about the Israelites and the Red Sea splitting right before them, it looked like an impossible situation, and yet God opened up the very sea so they could walk across on dry ground. You know, when Christ died on the cross, He opened up the sea, and He left it open. And that means that victory is possible because Jesus took on every curse Himself. He took on every sickness, disease, hell, death, and the grave. We're all solved when Jesus rose from the dead. And so, there is no lack of victory. There's no lack of power that the Lord can pour out in your situation. You are never alone. Everyone has been in places that seem impossible before, and God has limitless power. We have that hope as an anchor for our soul. We have that hope as a sure foundation. And so, number one is someone has been here before. Number two is God has limitless power. And the third thing is, in your difficult situation— you can honor God. In your difficult situation where you may feel alone, you can still honor God. Your loneliness, your, your difficult circumstances are not an excuse to live outside of the parameters of God's law and love for you. Your difficult situation does not give you an excuse to sin. It does not give you an excuse to turn away from God. Obadiah served God at the same time as he was in the service of King Ahab, the worst king ever to be a king. He still served God in his heart and in his actions, even when the world around him was as dark as dark could be. Elijah served God even when the whole nation of Israel would not stand by his side. When given the option, is God, God serve him, they were silent, and yet he still served the Lord. We see an example of Abigail, who whose husband would not do what he was supposed to do. And so she stepped up and served the Lord. We see examples of Noah serving the Lord when everyone around him did not. We see examples of Moses choosing to serve the Lord, even when people were complaining and grumbling and and going against him. We see Joseph serving the Lord when his brothers turned their back on him. We see example after example, and our best example is Jesus Christ, that in a difficult situation, he said, the most difficult situation. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. And so in our difficult situation, it's an opportunity for us to grow. Our difficult situations are unlike our easy situations in the sense that we have an opportunity to grow in a deeper way than when when everything is going well. We have opportunity to accept correction, discipline, rebuke. We have an opportunity to develop patience and long sufferings. This is actually a gift from God. In our troubles, we are developed. Our character is built. In our weakest moments, we find God's strength. We rely on God's love and we are transformed. We are transformed to not rely on ourselves. We are transformed to know our need for God. We're transformed to love other people deeper. 
And so in our moments, when we feel like I am the only one to ever have gone through this, we have to remember that somebody else has been here before. Somebody else has traveled this road before. God has seen this before. I'm not surprising God with my loneliness. I'm not surprising God by the situation that I'm found in, whether it's a difficult situation and where you're serving, where you're living, who you're married to, friendships, relationships, family, whatever situation you're in, you're not surprising God. Don't let the enemy get a foothold and make this situation all about your issue. Instead of focusing on your issue, focus on God. Turn back around and say, God, you see this. You knew this before I was even born, before you formed me in my mother's womb. You knew I would see this day, this terrible day. Don't have a pity party. Focus on God. And then remember that God has limitless power. There is nothing He cannot do. There is hope that's an anchor for your soul. And so Paul, when he's alone and people are persecuting him and abusing him in the book of Acts, God says, I have so many people in this city. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Keep doing what you're doing. And to Elijah, he says, don't worry. I have 7,000 prophets who have not bowed to Baal yet. And Elijah encourages Obadiah saying that, don't worry, you're not going to die Uh, for doing what the Lord's asked you to do. So wherever you find yourself, remember that. Someone's been here before. God has limitless power. You have hope as an anchor for your soul. And then the last thing that you can honor God in difficult situations. There's no situation that gives us an excuse to give up. The difficult situations develop our character. They develop our trust in God. They strengthen us and they help us to grow. We are never alone because God's word says that He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That means no matter what situation we're in, He will never turn His back on us. And so I want to remind you of the verses, come near to me and I will come near to you. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Ask, seek, and knock. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all. But don't ask with a wavering heart. Or you're like a sea wave tossed back and forth. When we desire God, when we come near to God, He'll come near to us. Don't let your hard situation let you believe that God is not near. Your hard situation can be a gift if you allow it to produce in you the thing that God wants to produce in you. Whatever that is, patience, joy, trust, Bad situations produce character in us if we let them. And James is is the famous go-to verse. So if you're struggling, read James because it talks about how hard times can produce in us the things that we need to live our lives for God. We don't know what this hard situation will produce in the long run, but God does. God sees the end from the beginning. He sees that He has people who are for Him and not against Him. He sees that He has people that we don't, that there are people that we don't even see standing around us. So we need to trust God that He sees so much more than us. So if you feel alone, remember someone's been there before. There's nothing new under the sun. God has limitless power. Hope is an anchor for our soul. And lastly, you can honor God in your difficult situation. We see Obadiah doing a godly thing, and he thought he was alone. But God showed him that he was not alone, sending Elijah 
we see Elijah thinking he was completely alone. He was doing a godly thing. And God says, don't worry, you're not alone. We see Paul doing a godly thing. And God says to him, don't worry, you're not alone. And I think that the theme that God would say to you today, if you were doing something godly, realize that you're not alone, that God has people in your city You might not see them physically day to day, but God has people in your city. He has people in your corner. So don't look at things in the natural. Know that God has people on your side. And if you're in a situation where you're responding to sin and you're repenting and you're turning around, remember that there's no sin that's not common to man, that people have walked sinful ways before and God has brought them to victory. So no matter what, whether you're following God with your whole heart and you're walking in obedience and you feel like you're alone in the darkest of days, that God is with you and you are not alone. Remember that if you are dealing with sin in your life and you're repenting and turning, let's pray. God, I thank you that you give us examples of people whose lives were not easy. In fact, most of the examples we have are of people who have walked through life and struggled and come out the other side victorious. Because even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you're with us. Thank you for your promise that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Thank you, God, that if we come near to you, you'll come near to us. Lord, we just thank you that in these difficult situations, we know they're on purpose. We know that you work together all things for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Jesus, we give our lives to you one more time. Even in this day, in this moment, in this season, whatever we're walking through, we give our lives to you and we ask that you would mold us and that you would shape us into who you want us to be. We want to glorify you in Jesus' name.